The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Hello, everybody. Welcome. You might be listening live here on 1150 AM KKNW in the Seattle area or on TransformationTalkRadio.com around the world. Or you might be listening from anywhere around the world on Facebook Live on Transformation Talk Radio's page or my professional page. Um, or after the fact on christineupchurch.com or one of the dozens of podcasts it sends up. But wherever and whatever you're listening from, I think you're going to be happy you're joining us here today because we are going to be talking about that spark within that helps each of us create a wonderful life. But before I get into that, I want to say hello to the people behind the technology. Good morning, Betty. Hi. I got the spark already. Woo! Let's do this. Okay. Let's do this. Yes. <laughs> and we are entering the age of Aquarius. So, you know, it's there are lots of sparks flying. You know um, it. We we are going through some transformation. And here goes my cat. I knew it wouldn't last for a long time. <laughs> it was a quick call out before the show started. So if you're watching on video, bye. <laughs> I like when the cats join us. And and, you know, I thought I had everything set up here, but suddenly we have sunshine in Seattle. So if I have stripes across my face, it's it's not because there's something wrong. It's because there's something right here in Seattle. <laughs> and good morning, Olivia at TTR. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you. And I'm really excited about having another show. Um, and I realized that um, it's February. I am starting the ninth year. This is the ninth year of doing this show, Benny. Can you believe it? We're I just can starting. not believe it. We're approaching so fast at double digits. I think you just started right after my boys were born. Wow. Right? Oh, that, that puts it into perspective. <laughs> I know. In parenting time, it's a really long time. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Time flies. And today we have Stephanie James with us. She was raised in Fort Collins, Colorado, and she's a psychotherapist, a dynamic public speaker, and a published author with nearly 30 years of experience in the mental health field. Uh, she was nominated for Fort Collins Woman of the Year in 2014, and she's worked with many people of all ages and backgrounds, um, from children in elementary school to being a major of cognitive behavioral therapy for seriously mentally ill individuals, to being a mental health therapist. She has a passion and a mission to bring as much love and healing to the world as possible. She has been able to share her mission with a wider audience on her weekly radio show and podcast. High five, Stephanie, or do a high five in a minute, another, another um, radio show host. And she's the originator of, and host of the Spark Summit 2019, a summit integrating wisdom from thought leaders, national best-selling authors, and luminaries in psychology, science, and spirituality, some of whom have been on the show before. 
Stephanie is a, a leader in a local Random Acts of Kindness women's group. Oh, I love that. We're going to have to learn more about that. And when not writing, she spends her free time with her tribe of cohorts. Oh, I like that. Cohort, not cohorts, but cohorts. Her two beautiful daughters and jumping on the trampoline with her grandson. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Stephanie James. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Christine. So yeah. great to be here with you today. It's nice to have you here. And I meant to show your book. It's The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. I love that imagery because... Um, you know, that's, that spark, I think, is within each of us. And sometimes it feels bigger than other times. Uh, but we're going to chat today about how we can identify it within and how we can take that spark and turn it into a flame of passion and purpose. So first, I'd like to find out how you came to having this mission, because everybody has his or her story that that you know, that's meaningful, that directs them to their path. Can you share a little bit with our listeners and viewers about your path? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I feel like part of what happened to me um, in this interesting journey of life, I was blessed to have 13 years of just amazing childhood where wow. I had a really intact, beautiful family that we were all just really close. We did lots of stuff with relatives and uh -huh. in the mountains, really in touch with nature. So I would say I was really in touch with that essential spark that was me, that I believe is our essence from yeah, a young age. How lucky of you, because so many people have such trauma and dysfunction in that the early stages. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh -huh. So to go from that and really being loved and nurtured and being in touch with that. When, when I think about being four years old and going to preschool academy, I remember it was in this little old house. And as I would get to the school, the kids would be waiting on the porch. And when I would walk in, we'd jump up and down. We'd all jump up and down together and be really yeah. excited. And, and I remember having that feeling of like, just loving everyone. I had no real concept of that. You didn't love everyone. Uh -huh. So, so, you know, this wonderful childhood, I was definitely a daddy's girl. I followed my dad around all the time. I was his little shadow, no matter what he was doing. If he was going to the university, he was a professor here at CSU. I would follow him. You know, I, I definitely would be out doing yard work. I even would sit on the, on the counter by a sink when he would shave and he'd put shaving cream on my face and I pretend <laughs> like I was shaving too. <sighs> and all of this really beautiful childhood in one evening was completely shattered. At 13 years old, um, my brother and I awoke in the middle of the night. My brother was 10 at the time to the sound of screeching tires going down the driveway. And as we peered out from my second floor bedroom window, we saw my mom tearing down the driveway and my father actually jumping on the hood of the car and beating on the window for her to get out. And we were just like, what is going on? Uh -huh. Unbeknownst to us, because we had these very affectionate, happy parents, you know, very successful parents, um, never fought in front of us and come uh -huh. to find out that um, my father had just told my mother that he was having an affair with my best friend's mom. Oh my goodness. And so that, that idyllic childhood was in some ways probably true, but in other ways was 
an illusion because of the undercurrents of what was going on in your, your parents' lives. Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and from that point, things really exploded and imploded. I mean, everything was irreversibly broken from that point on. Uh -huh. And my mother, who I'm so close with today and just, just adore, after 18 years of marriage to my father and just adoring him, uh -huh. um, was devastated and became emotionally unstable at the time. So uh -huh. it was really natural for me to go with my father. I moved in with him. Uh -huh. And really shortly after that, um, had a new stepmom. Wow. who both of them uh, made it really clear that the relationship my father and I had before was not going to continue. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't allowed to talk alone with my father. I wasn't allowed to spend time uh -huh. alone with him. Mm -hmm. To this day, I'm not allowed to speak on the phone with him alone, you know, all these years later. And so wow. the message really loud and clear was, um, you're not number one anymore. I mean, that was said to me, you're not number one anymore. You're number two. Mm -hmm. Um, and at 16 years old, when I moved back in with my mother, my father stopped speaking to me for a year. And so, yeah, the, the, the way that that became integrated within me, the message that I received is I'm not lovable. Yeah. Like there must be something really wrong with me to be rejected and, and right. feel so distant from him. So, you know, I, I have to tell you, I, I went about a decade just trying to earn love. You know, I, I was like, if I just, you know, if, if I can just show up perfect enough in this world, if I look good enough, you know, if I have the right clothes and the right career and I just work really hard, then someone will really love me. And it wasn't until um, I was in a workshop in San Francisco, I'd gone to a healing school out there. And the purpose was really to become a conduit for healing, to kind of work on your stuff and be as clear as uh -huh. possible. Sure. Well, during this the first day when the Dr. Jaffe, our presenter, got up in front of everyone, he, in front of these 40 people, looks into the audience and he says, hey, you in the blue coat, I have a message for you. And I'm looking around, hoping it's someone else beside <laughs> me. <laughs> and I look down, I'm like, oh, I'm in the blue coat. Uh -huh. And he said, yeah, I have a message for you. And he says, he's moving his mouth, but I can't hear him. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear you. And everyone else kind of starts laughing because they all heard him. And he says, okay, my dear, you know, he's kind of chuckling. What I'm trying to say to you is, and right when he said that, all of the air conditioning units in the place came on and nobody could hear him. Weird. So by now, everybody's laughing, you know? And so he invites like the whole group. He says, come on up to the stairs that led up to the stage. It's like, uh -huh. why don't you all come up here and sit up here? And he's like, my dear, obviously you are so blocked from hearing this. And he said, my message to you is stop trying. Hmm. Stop trying, you know, and he could see right through it. He said, you, you've tried your whole life to be perfect for your father and now you're doing it for your husband. Stop wow. trying. And it was such a huge catalyst for me, Christine, because what happened is I got this huge aha of like, I don't have to go and earn love. I don't have to do anything. Right. I am love. It, be it began this whole journey of actually reigniting, if you will, um, and excavating the spark that was always there inside of me. But, you know, life mm -hmm. circumstances and for all of us, 
you know, it's life circumstances, the messages that we receive, the limiting beliefs or false beliefs that we hold as true about us. Right. That had been my narrative about myself. Right. And my life transformed so much from that point on where that really did become so essential. And I, gosh, it's almost been 20 years ago now. It's hard to believe. Wow. Um, so yeah, that sounds like a very painful experience. And um, as you look back, do you see that it served an important purpose? Absolutely. You know, not that I would ever wish it on anyone. It's, it's interesting though, because I, I do a lot of trauma work, but even with my, I'm also a transformational life coach. So even with clients that aren't experiencing trauma, I feel like when people come to the table, I have a depth of compassion, a depth of empathy that I think if I would have continued to lead that just really blessed life, Uh I wouldn't have had that depth. Like I have been gutted. I have been raw at times of my life. And I think that then provides the space that I've been able to hold that for yeah. others. Yeah. You know, and I think that. and I think about um, how we can get messages through circumstances in our lives and interpret it to be that we aren't lovable or that we're not enough, you know. Mm-hmm. And if we're in a place of, of wholeness, then we look at those situations and say, it's not about me, it's about them. Um, so I, I think about anything that triggers us along the way, whether it's through childhood or through adulthood, it, it really is just illuminating something that hasn't healed. And it might be from our childhood. It might be from a past life. It might be just from putting on this human veil, so to speak, and, and stepping into this, this place where we have these limitations we can't fully see and know that we are love, that we are, you know, we are magnificent. Um, but that's a powerful story because so many people have that kind of wounded childhood. And it's great that you can bring that to your workshop uh, attendees and to your, your um, clients as well. So I, when I think about the challenges of today, you know, we're living in a situation of a pandemic, or some would say that it's being manipulated as such, you know, whether you you view it as something that is, you know, real and terrifying, or something that is just sort of kind of, you know, a part of a bigger plan, you know, however you view it, the results are the same. We have um, mask mandates, and we have lockdowns, and people are working from home. There's, there's, so you know, like, kids are are more suicidal. I mean, there's all these negative results of a situation that um, is outside of our norm. How can this serve us to find that spark? So such a great question, because I do think, you know, what's also interesting, if we look at the flip side of this situation, Uh is that it's like the universe has called us all to go inward. Yes. Yes. So some of that has been because we are literally locked down and shut into our homes. Uh-huh. And while, yes, I mean, I, I do, my, my heart just goes out because I think this, this last year, 2020 brought up all of these things that needed to be healed uh-huh. in our world. And so right. a lot of that was relationships, you know, uh-huh. husbands and wives and husbands and husbands and wives and wives that, 
you know, partners that all of a sudden were like, wow, we have, we've been distracted and haven't had to deal yes. with this. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I do think that what it's, it's like, it's called all of humanity at once, which is so interesting. We've never had this where it's, you know, we can really be connected to everyone around the world because we're all going through the same thing. Right. And, yeah. and so this journey within becomes essential. Um, and I think we can really use this opportunity to start doing that excavation. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think that's the important thing that I would want listeners to hear is that that spark that is us, that I truly consider the essence of who we are, mm -hmm. what we came into this world, the light that we are, that that is never diminished. It's only covered up. Mm. You know, the Sufis used to say, you know, we have veils. Yes. And so to lift the veils is to unearth that spark that's within us. Uh -huh. And there's never been a more important time. So I think, yeah. And, and the way that we do that, the way that we start moving towards excavation uh -huh. is I truly believe that it starts with showing up for ourselves. What does and, that mean to show up for yourself? Yeah. So what it means is really making a commitment to do your own work, number one, mm -hmm. and to take care of yourself. You know, I, I call it truly befriending yourself. It's not like, you know, we hear the old thing, oh, just love yourself, be your own best friend. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah. about that. It's, it's a deeper relationship with ourselves. Uh -huh. And so the way in which we do that, I think it's interesting because I, I think about if we had a new friendship, we just met someone, we wouldn't automatically trust that person. We wouldn't sure. say, oh, I'm going to tell you all my deepest, darkest secrets, and I'm going to have you pick up my kid at daycare now every day. I mean, we just, right. we just wouldn't do that. Yeah. And so the, it's the same in cultivating a relationship with ourselves. Mm. We have to build trust. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah. And, and so the way what, what does that mean to distrust ourselves? Well, what it is, is we don't, we don't trust ourselves to show up for ourselves because we have made commitments to ourselves over and over again, yeah. and, and we don't honor those. So the way that you start building this relationship with yourself, and it doesn't have to be huge. It could literally be half an hour in the morning mm -hmm. and you say, okay, for half an hour, my plan is 10 minutes of exercise, 10 minutes of meditation and 10 minutes of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And here's the cool thing. Every time that you do that, you're building that relationship with yourself that says, I've got your back. I've got mm -hmm. you covered. Right, right. Right. I'm here for you. And I have to show you what I do. Um, when I do that for myself every day, I put a heart uh -huh. to remind myself that I was loving to myself that day. Uh-huh. And yeah. so when you look at that and I see a month, like last month, full of hearts, right? It's like, yeah, I'm really showing up for me. I'm taking yeah. care of me. And the and the amazing thing that I think is so essential here is that as we take care of ourselves, as we allow ourselves to heal, then we are bringing that healing to the world. We become a better conduit for healing. Uh -huh. And so in the end, it's one of the least selfish things you can do. I think that there are plenty of people in the new age movement and the consciousness movement who um, think that it's all about giving, right? And, and they aren't 
very open to receiving either from somebody else or from themselves. Um, so why is it important that we honor ourselves, that we nurture ourselves, that we make ourselves a priority in that way? You know, I think that when we're giving from a place where we don't have that inner reserve, so many times we're giving on fumes. Yes. You yes. know, and, and yeah. so our capacity to give is so much deeper and enriched at such a level where when, when we're taking care of our essential self, we're giving of a different quality. I mean, you could think of it as a vibration. Right. You know, if, if yes. I'm giving, but I'm exhausted, the vibration that I'm giving from is very low. Yeah, and the vibration of, of what the people are receiving isn't as high too, which, yes. you know, as, as an energy healer, I'm very aware of that vibration. And so if, even if you don't feel resentment for like, you know, having to give yet again, he said yes to whatever it was, um, even if you're doing it from a real heart place, but you're worn out, then what's getting received is not as high quality vibrationally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you are, you're gifting again. It's, it's like, as you do your work, as you allow yourself to heal and take care mm -hmm. of yourself, then you are raising your vibration of what you give of the quality of your relationships. Right. Yeah. So everyone benefits, you know, I, I, I think of the analogy of the pedal in the, of the pebble in the pond. Uh -huh. So that healing and that love then can go out in these concentric circles. Yes. So it's absolutely. really, really powerful. And I think essential mm -hmm. that we start doing that. I also think that when I've nurtured myself, when I'm more self-aware, then the external events, whether it's like somebody cutting me off in traffic or um, somebody putting, you know, an idea or, or, or saying something to me in a way that, that could trigger me doesn't trigger me in the same way. And that too has a ripple effect because it's it's like that reactivity is a very dysfunctional place to be coming from. Yeah, I mean, that's that's so interesting because I was right on that same thought that- You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Mind> <laughs> meld. I, I, I totally feel that connection. The, and that is so true that I notice when I'm doing that and showing up for myself, that what starts happening is exactly that. Whatever, you know, life is always gonna have challenges. It's gonna have, it you know, it's, it's something that we can't control that's exterior to us. So what's so beautiful is as you continue to do this work and practice, what happens is exactly that. Life circumstances can happen. Someone can be grouchy or rude or mean and you don't have to own that anymore and your own yes. reactivity then becomes i'm not going to react to that uh -huh. i can hold it for what it is and from a different place we're responding yes and it, it not only puts us in a better place and doesn't cause the conflict but one of the things i found is sometimes in certain situations as we're accepting of whatever is coming from the other person and we're not reacting it creates space for them to face what they're doing. Um, I was in a situation once with um, a, a boss who could be, um, you know, really cruel sometimes when he got angry and people would get, you know, their buttons pushed. And at one point, um, you know, he, he did that with me and I just was there and present and 
you know, he wandered off and then he came back later and he apologized to me. And I remember people, people coming up to me afterwards. He apologized to you. He's never done that to us before. Like they were just so surprised. It was because I knew it was about him and not me. And it allowed him the space to, to face that it was not about something I had done, but it was about himself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah beautiful. And it's an important gift to give people to have that, that, place instead of you know playing ping pong and hitting it back to them you know let the ball go where it may and uh so they say see what kind of hit they make you know and where their ball went yeah yeah well and that's what's beautiful too and what i'm hearing from what you're saying is like you're able to drop out of your ego and into your heart yeah so that you hold that space and not always obviously you know and and one of the things i've realized is that sometimes um I can uh, swear like a sailor when somebody does something really dangerous in traffic, whether that's to me or to somebody else, but it, it, you know, it moves through me quickly as opposed to getting my heart rate up for a really long time and, and, you know, making me replay that story over and over again in my head, which is a huge gift to myself because that doesn't feel good to stay in that stuff. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, we're going to have to go to a quick break, um, but when we return, let's talk a little bit about our stories and how we can sort of re-examine them to find where that spark is. Stay tuned for more with Stephanie James here in just a few moments. This is Peggy Snow, practitioner at Stellar Reflections with a Stellar Reflections Minute. So many people these days are trying to find ways to relieve their stress. What happens to our breathing when we're feeling overwhelmed and stressed? When we tune in, we realize that we're either holding our breath or taking very shallow breath. To signal the body that all is well, which most of the time it is, sometimes all that is needed is a nice, deep breath to break the cycle. First, exhale to get all the stale air out by engaging the abdominal muscles and blowing gently. Next, take a nice, full breath in, feeling it fill your body all the way down to your hips. Release fully and enjoy the freedom of movement. Notice how your body feels. Do you feel refreshed? Calmness is only a breath away. This has been a Stellar Reflections Minute. For more information about what we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Are you feeling the complexity of life? Do you feel that urge to step into something greater? Tune in to Nailed It Radio. Find your simplicity within your complexity with me, life coach, Carrie Nail. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com to discover what it means to use your full power to be the best version of yourself. Imagine stepping into the energy of saying yes to yourself and knowing you nailed it. For more information about me, visit CarrieNail.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, 
it can be rather elusive to get there. But when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. I'm having a fun conversation today with Stephanie James, and she is the author of The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. And she has a film that's about to debut, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. Um, Stephanie, I promised before the break we were going to talk about our stories, the stories we tell ourselves. Um, how can we explore our stories to discover what that's where that spark is and what it is within us. I, I think, you know, our, our stories oftentimes are false narratives. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's important that we start really getting in touch first with what is our story? What is it that I find myself telling myself over and over again all day about uh -huh. me? Right. And then I love the question, is that a belief that I generated or was I told something and then it became the way I saw myself right as a way of kind of clearing off that lens so that we can see ourselves more clearly or at least see where did this come from uh -huh. so that is definitely with my transformational coaching clients with my own psychotherapy clients we really talk about where did we get our limiting beliefs from uh -huh. and then really realizing them as that false narrative so we can start making room for what's more accurate and true about us. So this is an aside, but it, it's bringing up a question for me that I think our listeners probably want to hear. First of all, I saw that um, a statistic, something like one in six people went into therapy last year for the first time ever, which is fascinating. But you do both therapy and coaching. And I think that there's some people who know that they need some support in their lives What's the difference between the two and how would a person choose which, you know, if, if one or the other or both is appropriate for them to seek? Yeah, great distinction. I think that the, the clients that I have, my psychotherapy clients, a lot of them are coming to me with anxiety disorders or some mm -hmm. low level depression. Uh, I do a lot of couples therapy mm -hmm. and I also, uh, do I, I'm a trauma specialist. So I've done a lot of trauma work with people. So it's really at a, when people are at that place in their life where they're saying, yeah, I cannot do this on my own. Uh -huh. I'm really needing the support. And what's interesting then, and, and the distinction for me is my transformational coaching clients, they're not in crisis. Uh -huh. They're not at a point where it feels like things are coming apart, you know, at the hinges. Right they're saying, I'm really aware that I want to make a change in my life. Or I want to grow in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to do the work. Because as we know, Love there's it. a different price point for two, for both of those. Uh -huh. 
And yeah. it's an investment in yourself. When you're doing transformational coaching, it's like, I'm going to make the commitment to really, like, I'm ready for rocket fuel. Uh-huh. I'm really ready to, like you said, at the very beginning of the show, I'm going to ignite those sparks into a flame. Right. And really right. start living my life at a higher level so that I'm okay. really living this, you know, embodiment of my spirit fully ignited mm -hmm. in this life. And from the energetic perspective, um, I view the differences going within to clear out the clogs in the energetic system, so to speak. And then the, the coaching is more about um, encouraging that outward flow of the energy that touches not only the individual's life, but also the lives around them. I love that. Absolutely. Because it really is what their manifestation is or expression is in the world. Right. Exactly. And I think that so many of us have this urging within, and it's it's almost like an irritation when we're not following that inner urging to make a difference. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like as a podcaster or somewhere in our career, it could just be um, going and working at a soup kitchen to, to feel like you're giving back or it could be about uh, writing a blog that you feel would touch upon, you know, something of interest for people. But I think we all want to be seen and heard and express ourselves because this is really a fleeting life, right? You know, and and we want to make our mark. I think most people want to want the world to know that they were here in one way or another. Yes. And to change it. Well, and I think you, you bring up two points, I think, that are really essential. And one is we can't compare what our purpose is, what our spark is, what our passion is to anyone else's. Right. You know, that they're not going to be the same. And I have a dear friend here in town, and he lives about a block from the homeless shelter. Uh -huh. He doesn't make much money as a waiter. And yet everything that he possibly has, I feel like he's constantly giving to the homeless people who are walking by the uh, front of his house. Right. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's really his gift. He's just got this passion and compassionate heart for helping the homeless. So whether it's a, a hot cup of tea that he brings down, he's constantly giving away his travel mugs, uh. <laughs> giving them hot tea or no matter what, you know, giving a blanket or just being kind. So mm -hmm. that's his heart's journey. He really feels that way. And so I, I look to him because it's like by other people's standards in the world, he's not a success. Right. And yet he is living this beautiful, successful life because he's really and living through his heart. This gives me chills because it, he's not only of service in that way, um, in the obvious way of, of, of helping them out. But I think about somebody who's caring and compassionate like that, walking amongst them with this thought that they matter, mm -hmm. that they're seen and they matter. I mean, that's a huge gift to give the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, Christine, the other piece is, I think I've got so many clients that say to me, like, when do we arrive? Like, when do we get there, you know? And, and as we know, the reality is we never, quote unquote, get there. Right. And I love Jacob Lieberman taught me this, that, you know, we're all the same height. So whether you, you know, feel like, okay, I'm really at this point in my life, 
I, I need transformational coaching or I'm ready for mm-hmm. therapy or I'm coasting along just perfectly, knowing that it's okay. Like life is going to happen. Things are going to come up and mm-hmm. that we're going to keep growing. As long as we're breathing, we're going to keep growing. And so it's okay to have your emotional, your human, your spiritual experience. Yes. And, and again, not comparing it to anyone else's. Like all of us have gone uh-huh. through challenging hard times. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and in human form, we have attachments, right? I know that a lot of people think we need just to, to transcend all attachments. And yes, attachments cause suffering, but part of the attachment package is just comes with being human, right? Attachment to people, you know, our kids, our pets, our, our, our mates, our, our friends. And so we can't get out of here without having some attachment from my perspective. I know that, you know, some would disagree with that. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's challenging and, and having attachment to feeling good, for instance, we're going to have pain. We're going to have illness. It's, it's not going to be, you know, perfect in that sense. Um, so yeah, we don't get out here, out of here unchallenged, do we? <laughs> <laughs> well, and isn't it interesting once we embrace that though, when we can embrace that, yes, there, there are going to be what some people call the shadow emotions or the, uh-huh. our darker experiences. When we can hold that and just embrace that, I mean, yes. I love, I love Rumi's poem, The Guest House, which speaks exactly to that. And I'm wow. not going to botch it by trying to, to, you know, say all of it, but there's this beautiful part in that poem that says, you know, welcome whatever shows up at your door, mm-hmm. whether it's a meanness, a depression that, uh-huh. that rids your house, sweeps it clean of all of its furniture, still meet them at the door laughing. You never mm-hmm. know which one has been sent as a guide from beyond. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So it, that's a short abbreviation of this beautiful, beautiful poem. I would encourage all the listeners to, to check it out because it's been such a guidepost for me in my own life of just mm-hmm. being with and welcoming whatever shows up. And when we do that, then we no longer fear what's ahead. We mm-hmm. no longer are, are doing that clutching, like, oh my gosh, I am so fearful of what tomorrow might bring. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. We're able to really be more present to what am I experiencing in this moment? So speaking of fear about what tomorrow brings, I know there are a lot of people who are in fear. They may be in fear of illness. They may be in fear of um, having restrictions put upon them by the government, fear of, you know, dark agendas, fear. I mean, there's so many fears that are rampant right now. Fear of being um, called an idiot, an, an effing idiot on Twitter or something. I mean, there's just like people have their guards up. in in a lot of ways right now. Do you have some tools to share with people that can help them face their fears and and help to shift their fears so that they aren't so fearful? Yeah. I think, Christine, one of the important things to note is that our fears are absolutely, I can't say absolutely, I would say a high percentage would be more accurate, fantasy. Yes. Yeah. None of that is real. We're, we're making it up. So it's, it's all when, when we're in anxiety, when we're in fear, you know, nine out of 10 times, it's for something that really isn't real yet. Yes. And when I joke with my clients, I'll say, you know, if you're going to fantasize, you might as well have a good one. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's just as real as that. And I think what I really work on people with is reeling themselves back in, is what I say, you know, reel yourself back into the present moment. Right. And I am such an advocate of mindfulness and meditation. Uh-huh. It has changed my life and bringing ourselves to the present moment. Here's one of the powerful things is that our brain experiences life in pictures. Mm-hmm. So that's why we think of the future. It's not happening yet, but we're having a physiological response to it. You bet. Same is true when we're having regrets about the past. It's not happening, but Uh we're holding up the picture of this memory in our mind. And then we have, again, this emotional physiological response. Yeah. The beautiful thing is we can create that within us in this present moment. So it's really what we choose to focus our attention on. And this doesn't mean rose-colored glasses. It's not putting your head in the sand. Uh You can acknowledge that, yes, today, and I ask people to stay within 24 hours, I'll say, you know, really see, how can I hold this 24 hours? Uh I, you know, and control also being a myth. We think we have control because of our habits, because of the things we've done over and over again. The truth is we we don't. Mm -hmm. And when we can kind of let go of that piece and come back, be in this present moment, we can choose, okay, yeah, I'm aware that my chest is tight today or my throat is tight. I'm experiencing Uh some of this fear in the present moment. Instead of ignoring it, we can breathe into it. Yes, We can really be with our body sensations. And literally as you do that, it's so interesting. You know, it's that mnemonic device of what we resist persists. (laughs) Absolutely. Gosh, darn it. Yes. (laughs) It is. What what we're trying to shove down inevitably just smacks us in the face. It just comes back with even more force. So Mm -hmm. part of it is learning how to bring ourselves to the present moment through breath work, through meditation. And this isn't this huge thing. Again, it could be 10 minutes, but it breaks us out of our trance. Right. I remember many, many years ago, um, I was working with a therapist and and I was afraid of flying and I needed to fly across the country. And she said, just focus on the moment and breathe into it. Be aware. Okay. As you're on the plane, is everything okay in that moment? Okay. Let go of that fear into the next moment, breathe it out with the option of picking it up again in the next moment. Right. And as you do that, as you focus more moment to moment, it's kind of like, oh yeah, everything's okay. Oh yeah, everything's okay, right? And then of course, ultimately I let go of that fear and I started traveling the world to, to teach healing. So it's, it, yeah, I got over my fear, but it was that, that just bring it back into the moment that you're talking about that was so empowering to me and using breath and, and sort of a meditative space. Um, yeah, that's very powerful, very powerful. Before we go any further, I want to make sure that people know how they can connect with you. And I want you to share with our listeners about the, the movie coming out. Yeah, thank you. People can get a hold of me or find out the projects I'm into, or if they want to do coaching, it's stephaniejames.world is my website. Okay. And I just in January started an Igniting Your Best Life group that people can come into at any point which is the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month. And we're really using the principles and guidelines from the book Uh to do just that. Like how do you cultivate happiness and grow a sense of grit and resiliency? Uh How do we befriend ourselves? How do we reinvent ourselves if we feel like we're stuck? 
Uh, it's just already just been such a fun group, and I'm so excited if people want to want to join us. And that is the direct link to that. You can get it on my website, but the direct okay. link is stephaniethespark.as.me. Okay. Dot as.me. What, mm -hmm. what is that? I'm not familiar with that. It's, it's just the, the link that my web designer has that okay. will just allow them to sign up. Okay. So it's directly from your, okay. Through that. Yeah. That makes sense. Alrighty, so um, and you've also got a, a movie that is premiering, I think, this Sunday, right? Yeah, so this Sunday is the screening for the people that are in the film. And as we were talking about in break, you said that you probably had some of them on your show. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. so an amazing cast of people that are thought leaders and luminaries in psychology, science, spirituality, and they have all been guests on my show. So tell us who some of those people are. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So Larry Dossey, um, Jacob Lieberman, mm -hmm. Stephen Trudy Behrman, George and Sedina Capanelli, uh -huh. okay. uh, Misa Hopkins, Gabriella and Solomon Masala, and uh -huh. Stephanie Schwartz. Great. I think I got everybody. And, yeah. and uh, Barbie Dossey as well, Larry's wife. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it has been such a miracle how that all came together. And so serendipitously, I had been in conversations with Jacob Lieberman talking about potentially going to Maui and doing, that's where he lives. Yeah, he lives. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and doing this lights of the round table discussion where I facilitate discussions and we could film that. Well, during a meditation, this has been a couple of years ago, I got this download that, oh my gosh, like I know some of the most serving hearts and brilliant minds in the world. Right. And what would happen if not only did we have this amazing summit where they came and presented, but instead of presenting and being on for like 45 minutes and then getting off, nobody talks to each other. What if we came together two days ahead of time and had our own event? Uh-huh. We were together yes. and meditating and making music and dancing and having wonderful meals together. And so what ended up happening, and thank God the Caffinelli's connected me, you know, their award-winning television and oh, film yeah. producers, and, yes. and they connected They've me. been on the show a couple of times, yes. <laughs> I love them so much. And they connected me with Doug Beachwood, who's my co-producer and also just an award-winning amazing director and producer and he um he, he was he was so wonderful what what we did is we filmed individual interviews where people were talking about these really big pain points in their lives and the challenges they have faced oh great and that's that's how the film actually begins because we're again we're all the same height we're all in this together and these people yeah. weren't born enlightened. None of us yes. are just born and we have it all figured out. Uh -huh. So to really understand those challenges and then the alchemy of this group, and we did meet for a full day and we called it Lights of the Round Table, where the 12 uh -huh. of us were sitting around a table and really talking about some of the deeper and important issues in life, uh -huh. which when we filmed this, you know, this was a year ago, October. Uh -huh. So no one knew that COVID was coming at that point. But it, 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 we're all blown away with how absolutely relevant everything we were talking about has to Wonderful. deal with the challenges we're facing now. And That's so great. 
then we were able to take that beautiful alchemy that was created between us and bring it to the summit in front of a live audience and really help ignite the sparks within each other. Everyone stayed in the audience. All the presenters stayed. That's great. And that, that, that tells you it's a face. really good conference when, yeah, when they don't like exit and, you know, come back only when it's their time again. Yes, exactly. And everyone planned on staying. It was like everyone is holding this beautiful space for one another and okay. that we're all a part of the audience, that we're all there together. So, mm -hmm. the, and really, so the premise of the film is, you know, we, we face these hardships and challenges like we've been talking about. We all face these things. And yet those things can become the match point that ignites something within us that then becomes our gift to humanity. Hmm. One of the things I love about um, the way you put this together was the, the camaraderie and the conversation. I know that as a podcaster, you probably already realize this, but I'm just going to underscore this. When we see people presenting, whether it's up on stage, whether it's in an individual's book, whether it's you know in a webinar um, online, that's very different than when somebody's in conversation with another. I liken it to the difference between somebody who is, you know, taking um, uh, a tennis ball and a tennis racket and doing tricks with it, right? You know, and and, and sending the ball in various places and knocking it into the audience versus you've got two people who are now playing tennis and it's going back and forth and back and forth. And you're not quite sure where it's going to go, but it makes it more exciting. And it, and it, I think that the conversations can lead to very interesting places that presentations and books often don't get to little, little nooks and corners that are particularly um, uh, ripe to explore and, and so, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great thing to create um, a, a conference like that and a film. Yeah, so exciting. So the screening is Sunday and then we're getting ready to go into negotiations with Netflix, Amazon Prime and Gaia Network to see where great. it finds its home. Good, good. Yeah. Oh, good luck with that. Thank you. Well, we just have a few minutes left. Um, when somebody realizes that they don't feel that spark, mm -hmm. and I think there are a lot of people there right now because mm -hmm. life has kind of pulled the rug out from under them. How do you trust that it's there and, and what do you do to look for it? Well, if you're breathing, it's still there. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and it can be as simple as putting the palms of your hands together and feeling the energy in between the palms of your hands mm -hmm. and breathing into that space. That vibration, that aliveness, that spirit, that's your spark. So it's still there. It's always within us, even if mentally or emotionally we're feeling exhausted or depleted. Uh huh. And I really do feel one of the keys to us accessing that more and more is to go within. We are truly being called to go within right now. And as we sit with that part of us and however people experience their higher power or the divine or spirit, whatever you call it, mm -hmm. really being in touch with that divine spark that's within you. So it doesn't go away. You were born as that. It gets covered up sometimes mm -hmm. with thoughts, life circumstances, 
our own definitions that we said, you know, this false narrative. Right. And so, you know, I would tell people just to, to breathe deep into that place and have that knowingness that little by little, you really can start excavating the spark. It really is you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as we're present with that, I think that automatically when we allow it, we begin to see the blockages, right? Mm-hmm. Those things that are getting in the way. All right. Um, we just got just an, a minute left. Do you have a final message for our viewers and listeners today? I would just say, Christine, that I just invite people to truly just step into this journey or step inward into this journey and to let them know that their healing matters. Yes. Each one of us, you know, our healing truly does matter. And like we talked about before, that's what becomes the pebble in the pond. That's those concentric circles of healing. And each one of us has to be responsible to step into that for ourselves and for humanity. Yes. It's a gift that we give to us and to the world. So that would be my biggest message is to let people know their healing matters, Mm. their contribution matters. Right. You know, and, and that we all, we truly, we all are in this together. We're all interconnected. So it really is essential. Yeah. And I, I sort of view it as um, we're all a part of the same orchestra and we're playing different instruments and we we're playing different roles within, you know, each instrument. Um, so it's unique, but if we aren't playing our music, then the orchestra cannot be its, it, at its best and at its fullest. I love that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So again, stephaniejames.world, right? Yes. And um, so you'll have something on your website about um, the film when it does get released and, you know, whatever venue it's going to get released. Yes. And, and people can watch a trailer right now. There's a trailer available on my website. So if okay. people want to check out the trailer, I would love them to. The film is called When Sparks Ignite. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Stephanie, for joining us here today. It's been a fun and insightful conversation. Thank you so much, Christine. Such a pleasure to meet you and to be here. And thank you all, all you viewers and listeners today. Um, We do the show for you. And I'm hoping that you step into your vibration of change. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.